Hi, Peter. Drew is... We don't know where Drew is. Drew, <laughs> Drew is missing. He actually could make it to this time today. But he's missing. probably off <laughs> doing important things. Welcome to How College Works. So we had been talking before we got started about sort of what's been going on in the last week. We're back from our spring break and trying some stuff out. I've been trying some stuff out. Well, let's just say you went to go learn some things over spring break. I did. I did go. I went to a conference uh, that was on uh, teaching technology. And one of the things that they talked about was a, I think it's technically an add-on. It's called Pear Deck, which allows you to basically use clicker questions without all the clickers as long as your students have laptops, phones, or tablets. Mm. So, uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, I asked students questions, <laughs> and uh, it, it, this could be nice to do to use. Um, but that whole the experiment on, in the last week got me thinking a lot about in our discussion, like how sort of sort of powerful, but also how like problematic slides can be mm-hmm. uh, that there are things I can do because I'm projecting and using slides that I can't do if I'm just writing on the board, which is great for physics and astronomy because I can just you know Google images of what I'm talking about because I can't I am not an artist <laughs> so I, can't draw, I can't draw these things yeah. super well and so it gives me access that also gives me like a set kind of stuff that I can talk about and know kind of where I'm going uh, but the one of the things that I ran into in uh, last week was just the amount of time it took for my students to process slides and what I was saying on slides. So like you would put up the slide, and like this is a little different because normally you kind of have like those animations where one piece comes in at a time. But whenever you did the pair deck, like it would put all the information, and they were like, Mah. yeah. So yeah. So usually I control it line by line, and so animation makes it sound like I'm flying in or checker swipe or whatever. But that's but it's what like, it's called. It just appears. But yes, <laughs> you are correct. I know. So usually I appear like line by line. And so I can control the flow of information. Um, so that they're not getting five lines at a time and like, oh, right. and trying to like read it and write it and process it all while you stand there. Right, <laughs> exactly. But Pear Deck doesn't recognize that, those animations. So just, just the entire slide goes up. It's like, okay, we'll try this for a week and see sort of what we think. And what I found was that that process reminded me of what I already knew, but no, not necessarily always in the forefront of my mind, which is that my for any presentation, so students, listeners, if you're giving a presentation, your listeners, uh, your audience, can either listen to what you're saying or read what's on the slide. They can't do both. What if I'm reading what they're looking at? Then you're wasting their time. <laughs> What? What if I want to hit the point home? Well, okay, so the, back up just a little bit. <laughs> Reading and listening require, uses the same area of your brain. And so you, and we cannot multitask. That is a thing which has been shown. So you can only read or listen. Right. But if I'm saying the same thing, then I'm hitting the people who are reading and the people who are listening. But I have to switch my attention between what's coming in my eyeballs for reading, what's coming in my ears for listening, which means you can, fo- you can follow along, Right, but you're you're either taking it in one way or you're taking it in the other way. And I often find that if somebody is reading what 
I am reading, reading aloud what I am reading, I actually read faster than they speak. Well, to yourself. Right, yeah. which means that when I read aloud, I am not reading to my students. My students have already forged on ahead probably, and therefore I am distracting. I am sending a second channel of information, and they're having to, their attention is, whether they want to or not, probably bouncing back and forth, which means that I'm starting to confuse and muddle. So don't read aloud in class. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem for, like, I don't know, poetry. Well, yes, but that's all. I think that's also setting something up a little bit differently. But in terms of a presentation, as opposed to you know, poetry. Yeah, well, poetry is meant to be read aloud. It is meant to be read aloud, and there are times when you know you you need to read it in order to show not just what it looks like on the page or on the projection, but like the rhythm and the meter and the way mm -hmm. it's supposed to be said and it's supposed to be heard. But you, I expect you to do that after they have read it. And know what's coming and now you read it aloud and they have, they're ready to re receive you know the audio <laughs> as, a, as opposed to the visual like we we're saying I get in this entire slide of stuff and my slides are not that dense to begin with but still I find I was like okay I know they need to like take in more so I'm gonna stop and wait for them to finish reading taking notes and then we can talk about the details, which are not necessarily on this slide, but you know, the added value. Did that, that take you more or less time than it would have otherwise? It or the same amount. I it guess. took more, and that's the problem. Right. Is that, I can see how this would annoy me. Well, a, it takes longer, but it it should take the same. Yeah, but it don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm not giving them probably enough time to process the individual Life. bits yeah. before I advance. Oh, apparently I'm sucking as a teacher. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. being aware of it is more than I think most of our peers and us are. Yeah. Well, we're not cognitive scientists. Yes, correct. And I don't, gen I don't usually like peruse cognitive like studies. Sometimes if someone's like, oh, hey, blah blah blah, teaching, I'm like, cool, I'll read it. Um, but I think like, I see the slides as an additional, like it's like a take home gift, like it's like your goodie notes. bag. <laughs> Like you, you, it's lecture notes. Well, it kind of is, right? And so they're there for me in, a, in many ways because it keeps me on track. Um, and I usually plan and think about things without my students around to distract me or ask questions that get me off task so that these things help keep me on task. But I see them as, well, did you kind of check out for other reasons? Like just today, a student was like, I mentioned something that she had said and she was just like kind of staring and I was like hello <laughs> sorry I was zoned down on my mountain view top on my background like you know she was looking and I was like oh so <laughs> how about we put that away then? yeah well I'm just like okay so like she missed I don't know how much how long she was zoned out but I see her going back and looking at those slides this like probably tomorrow whenever they start drafting the next section of their research proposal they have to do. So to me, it, they are lecture notes, but they're also, the reminders are more than that. So I guess I do read from them. And I, they're minor, obviously text heavy, 
I mean, I work with text. So if I'm trying to show them what an introductory paragraph looks like and I want to color code it and break it down for them, it's going to yeah, be... Well, that's a, it's an important you know, visual in order to be able to do that. I mean, so for me, the, the trying to be less text-heavy comes in... And, and I have to go back and actually go back over my slides. I'll write more in there than I really should. Mm -hmm. And what I really should have is a bullet point with a word or phrase to, to remind us what we're doing and then to talk. It's partly selfish. I'm an academic, and one of the things about academic is we like to talk. I like to explain things. If I didn't like to explain things, I really should not be in this job. Because that is basically my job. Yeah, all day all long day, is to explain day. things. So having it all on text means that, yes, they can take it home, but it also means there's no reason to show up to class. It, it kind of becomes a waste of time. And I like to explain things, yeah. so, so well, I should give... Thing, even though I read from the slides, there's a lot of ad-libbing. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, like... And I don't want to be like, I don't want to like sound like that teacher from Ferris Bueller where you're like, nerd or her or who. Like, I'm a bit more entertaining than that. Voodoo economics. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, but ben Stein. Ben Stein, yeah. But I don't know, like, so you could read the slides and not come to class, but you're probably only getting about 70% of the information that you would have gotten. Right, and well, that's one of the things that I really like about the way that I currently have my classes set up is that the begin when we are going to the next chapter, which they are to have read before they arrive, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that everyone does that. Don't tell me otherwise. I know that's not the case, but whatever. Yeah. They tell me what we need to talk about. And that sets a lot of what I'm willing to digress a lot about. You know, I may yeah. not have slides on it, or we may need to dig a little deeper, and, and that's that's cool. Yeah, I do have slides that are like, what questions do we have about the introduction section of research proposals? And I expect that to go anywhere or nowhere. Right. One class, 5,000 questions. Another class, same class, an hour later, zero questions. Sure. <laughs> it happens. You know, and so even if I'm reading all of my, all of my slide, all of my text, there's more to say as students have questions. I mean, and that was, for me, in the way Pear Deck ran in my class, and like different classes will have different aspects of it. And I think it was, it was just, just such a big change from the way we normally had class that no, like asking questions seemed to be kind of shut down. Hmm. Now, it may be that it was the week back from spring break. Everyone was tired. Everyone was jet lagged like crazy. Uh -huh. You know, students were going, some students went to London. Uh -huh. So that's seven hours or something like that from us. But other students went to India, Sri Lanka, and Japan, and that's like literally a 20 And those are a longer trip, so they had less time to recoup. Yeah, is bigger jet lag, less recoup time, so. Um, yeah. Hmm, I don't ask questions. I was just like, you're like, oh, this Pear Deck thing, you know, like whenever you showed me, whenever we were at that conference. The other conference. The other conference, there were two. <laughs> Um, I was like, huh, well, first of all, I don't know as much about the sun as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I haven't taken astronomy. Neither do my students. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't taken astronomy since, oh, 2000. It's like the year 2000. Right. So I'm fine. I feel okay about it. I did okay. But I don't set my, my class up like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, you do need a, a certain 
you need to be do need to have it set up in order to ask questions and for something like Pear Deck or clicker questions it needs to be something where the uh, multiple choice yeah. question and of course my questions are take a moment and write this down <laughs> absolutely yeah. well, if they need to like write for themselves or take notes from themselves you know Pear Deck's not going to happen help with that. I mean, there are aspects, I mean, there are different types of questions for Paradox. So you can open, ask open-ended questions or you can have them pick between pictures or stuff like mm -hmm. this. I mean, so it gives you some flexibility, but it still allows that kind of interaction. I don't want to, I don't want to say like Paradox not good. Yeah, no, I'm just, I mean, for what I teach, I mean, for writing, you can mm -hmm. see how that might be, a, a, I'd have to have something pretty specific that I was working on that day. Right, right. Because in general, I don't know. I don't know, I've been having, like, I feel a little conflicted about slides in general. Because, like you said, what's the point? Like, just not come to class. But um, I find that I field a lot fewer questions if I give them all this information in a take-home package. And that's not to be like, God, I just don't want students to bother me. But whenever you're answering 20 emails a night because somebody doesn't remember which pages I asked you to read and you didn't write it down, or whatever... Calm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, Calgon, take me away. Um, but so, like, I'm just like, so now my response is check the slides. Right. Yeah. And or if they even get that far, they have to be pretty confused to email me. Um, and then I also say, did you review the slides before you prepared this homework? Because it's clear to me you didn't follow the what we talked about in class. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I. In a lot of ways, I feel like I'm giving them too much. Like, they don't have to take notes in class. And some of them, even though they can totally pull it up on their phone, will still take a picture of the homework slide on their way out. Yeah, why? I don't know. Just whatever. Well, it's also I mean, available. if that's convenient for them, that's cool. But like, I guess, but it, they have. It's it, it, makes, it makes me sort of mentally shake my head every time while, like, students are furiously writing down. I was like, it, it's online. Yeah. You have access to this. Like, like the... The reason, I mean, I'm similar, there's a balance that we are trying to strike here between like, read the book, look at the sides, it's basically all on your own, you know, kind of like, there's this, there's this sort of ideal way that sort of reading and slides and discussion works, I want to work in my class. I don't want my students to feel like they can or should. Uh, read the book, read the slides, and have that be it. If that's yeah. the case, then I am failing them. You know, part of part of the job is for me to be able to be there as a resource, and to put everything down into writing means that while I would have done a lot of work ahead of time, I'm I'm kind of abdicating that face-to-face -face time where it should be for them to go deeper, to understand, to ask questions, to to uh, you know, shore up the things that didn't make sense. And if I'm doing everything on my slides, then, and I'm using the slides in class, then I'm, then yeah. I'm not doing that. You know. Well, I don't feel like I'm doing that, but I do feel like I've given them too much sometimes because 
I mean, I was in, I started college in the fall of 1999. And, you know, people used PowerPoint, but not very often. It was pretty rare. And then even then, I remember my biology professor, he had PowerPoint slides or something. I remember looking at something and he would be like, you guys are looking up like every like two seconds and you're only copying one word at a time. You need to read the whole phrase and try to write the whole phrase. Like he was upset that we weren't taking notes in the way that he thought would help us learn. Hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but I, I now I understand what he was talking about because I was like, you know, you know, if you're just like, you know, you're not trying to internalize it, which is what he was saying. Um, but I had to learn how to take notes. I had to learn how to do stuff. And I had my students do... Like, they read little sections about, like, their research methods. So I had a group for doing surveys, a group doing interviews, and a group doing observations. And they had little things they had to read. And then they had to report out to the class. Well, I had somebody from each group writing on the board. And they would they would rattle off, like, this 20-word sentence to, to describe something. And I'm like, well, don't write the whole thing. But they could not find a way mm-hmm. to pare it down. And so, like, I don't know how well they know how to take notes. Um, so some of, I think, the things I have on my slide are modeling some note-taking strategies, you know, like I try to give the main points or whatever. Um, but I'm also like, if I didn't provide them with these slides, I don't know what would happen. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I feel that. Yeah, I, I provide slides in order to give them some, I some guess, grounding. I yeah, guess. and I almost see it as a safety net in some mm-hmm. ways, too, because, you know, you do sometimes zone out on the background of your laptop, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or like you're tired or whatever. Yeah, life happens. Yeah. I'm not going to say that students need to be like 100% engaged with every single little thing that I'm doing. Well, and I think students, at least students, students today, to make it sound like I'm old and crotchety, you know, I think they almost expect something like that. You like know the I mean? slides? Yeah. Probably. I guess I mean because slides I think are so ubiquitous. Yeah. With the education tech education uh, conference that I went to was primarily K twelve people and you know I think they tend to integrate tech much more than college professors do. Well, yeah, we're old and like dinosaurs who refuse to change. <laughs> well, and they can't make us. Well, and that's another thing. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't have a professional development sort of requirement, mm-hmm. you know, yearly sort of number of hours or something like that. Well, and even if we did, they still couldn't make us do it. I mean, well, I can, I basically, I spend some of what is my, my professional development here doing what qualifies as normal professional development for K-12. Yeah. Where for many college universities, what you would call professional development at the K-12 level, level is research. Yeah. In reflecting back over the last week and just the amount of quiet, which is fine. Like, there's, I think we feel like there's this need to fill. I think that's a human thing, though, not just us, right? Yeah, yeah, not just us. But that the quiet and the, there's a place for quiet in teaching. Yeah. You know, and it is a a good thing to practice. And for me, I think it just made me realize that I'm probably not leaving in enough sort of quiet, even in what I normally do for students who's like, because if they're taking this long to sort of ingest the entire slide and they're just focused on only doing that, then there really should be that much quiet chopped up and spaced out. 
Yeah. I usually am okay with like those pauses, um, especially if I feel like that they're going somewhere. There are times when I'm like, you guys aren't going to answer if you move. I sit here and stare at you for 30 minutes, you know? And so then I'm like, okay, moving on or whatever. But I think part of my problem, and I don't know if this is a problem for you, is that I don't have enough time in a lot of my classes for those elongated pauses because I have so much material to cover. And yeah. In some of my classes, it is, it is really stressful to give those pauses. I mean, it's also, you know, our experience of, the flow of time in the front of the room is very different from our students. Yeah. Like a 10 second pause, which, you know, if you're listening, is something like. That long is distressingly long. Now, it's, it's a long time as a listener to be just like, oh, Okay, <laughs> when is this going to pick up again? Yeah. As somebody who is speaking in front of the class, the push to like not let it stretch out is is like ten times yeah. stronger. Though, in order to have a chance to stop, think about whether I have a question, formulate a question, raise your hand to ask the question. You know, ten seconds is about as long as you need keep reminding myself like I need to take this time if I take 10 seconds you know six times in my class to ask other what questions do you have because I usually try to phrase it as like what questions do you have as opposed to do you have questions because do you have questions is meant to be sort of neutral but often it's received as do you have questions you shouldn't do you have questions yeah whereas what questions do you have as soon as I do have questions you do have questions and you should ask me questions but if I do that six times, then I burnt a minute out of 50. I can probably handle that. Yeah. Bigger is the what happens if we digress. That's, that, that is usually sort of in the back of my, my mind. Like, what happens if I ask this question and like, we end up going down a rabbit hole? Mm-hmm. Which, there's two aspects to that for me in terms of the classes. If we go down like a, just a super digression, that's on me and I need to be better at like reining myself in. But if we go down on not a digression, but an in, need to have like an in-depth discussion on this topic, then I really need to usually do that because yeah. we shouldn't be moving forward until they understand what's yeah. going on. So now. I was like, oh, well then let's back that up. Yeah, and so again, like slides is that uh, having slides is this, you know, guidepost. It's it's the the roadmap to what's going on that can, on the one hand, help keep me on track because I. I'm not digressing all the time. But on the other hand, can sometimes serve to shift forward faster than I should. I can see that. Like, I do feel locked into completing my slideshow. I, I, there are times where, like, I really want to get, Yeah, you know. and I'm like, uh, there's three slides left. We only have, like, a minute. Let's go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but... Right, yeah, there's this need to to finish this thing like I wrote this down I have things to say well and sometimes though I think that I not just that I have things to say like these are important things that you need to know one more thing it's super important you know right it's tough to skip slides 
Yeah, I. There are times I have. Sometimes I do skip slides. I'm better at skipping slides than not finishing. I would rather skip slides and get to the end. Then start a slide and not finish it. Or like not get to the end of my slideshow because uh. the end of my slideshow is always homework for like next mm. time, and um, I I have to I need that conclusion. And they need well, they it need, too. Well, they need the information. Well. One, it's available to them in multiple locations, so they don't That's actually true. need me to put it on the screen. But um, I like to, like, it's one of those things where it's a routine for us. You know what I mean? So I sort yes. of set up a routine, and I really need that slide. Yes. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it just got I me, mean, this last, last week just kind of got me thinking about, like, am I actually conducting my class <laughs> the way... I need to, and, and even if I go back to exactly what I was doing, is that sort of sufficient or or not? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I can do better. I mean, I know I could. I could probably take a lot of text off my slides and maybe move some of it even into the notes section mm -hmm. so that they could have access to it after the fact if they wanted to, but not necessarily what's projected. Um, I know I have way too much text, you know, that's just what it is. I mean, I think, I think there's, we've come a long way. I mean, in general, I don't know, I don't know who the we I'm talking about is. You when I've seen my, my colleagues, my, you know, present, uh, I think it, it works pretty well. When I was at the teaching and learning lab, they have somebody come in every year and talks about, presentations and mm -hmm. how to do clear presentations. So a lot of what I have comes from that guy. But I remember in graduate school and somebody like was a guest lecturer in one of the grad classes. It seemed like every guest lecturer in graduate school who came, who was a professor who came from Europe, who was European, had like a black background and like Yellow text. Yellow <laughs> yeah. highlights in yellow, like that fluorescent green. Yeah. And fire engine red. Oh, yeah. Well, and all the enough contrast was wrong. Text that it, I mean, not just lots of text, but text in different sizes, match for different paragraphs. So you're this, I'm just like, furiously copying down this slide because there's so much at that point text on if it. you had a phone you or a camera phone you could have I, they didn't I, exist at the, well yeah. they did they probably did but you didn't have i one. didn't have one yeah you know i was not going to bring my Those camera were the kind, to class. like sometimes i'm like i'm not going to write all that down <laughs> yeah it was a crazy it's like and they would talk while i'm trying i can't listen to them because i'm like, trying to write down like i'm trying to just like half in here catch what they're if they're saying anything is important can't tell really copy 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 i'm like halfway through and they're like boom next slide you're like mm. oh my god <laughs> well, so that's another thing is that even though lots of professors use slides we even the people who know a little more about presentation skills than probably some of our colleagues uh there's going to be some awful slides out there yeah it's true. Um, I mean when you talk about text image to text balance yeah is something in oral presentations that is often well I don't have any images right. I well, well I, yeah I well, you can see how you would yeah. I really don't I mean yeah. at what point I mean okay for first year seminar there were some images 
True. Um, but very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as pertinent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I could throw in a picture of a cat, but... Or your dogs. I mean, a kid. I don't know how productive that would be. And that might be its own, like, rabbit hole. Right. So when we talk about, like, how we set these things up, like, could I put a picture of one of my cats on in the corner of every slideshow? I could. I could. But that's distracting. Because then <laughs> you're God, looking... I think he's the best. He, he is a beautiful cat. A beautiful, fluffy cat. Fluffy. Uh, but, yeah, now it's distracting. Like, yeah. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It just It's amusing, yes, but you're not paying attention to what I need you to pay attention to. Yeah. If I could have, like, tons of animation, like, words flying in from all over I the don't screen. I like that either. Just distracting. I don't even do the fade-in stuff, although I, I probably could. I don't could. like fade-in. I prefer appear. Or, or whatever. Yeah. I'm not even sure what the options are in Google Slides, because that's how I, I remove, anytime I download a new template, I remove all of the animations because mm-hmm. I don't like it. But I don't even do that. I'm sure I could benefit from it if you like strategic places, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> One, it's a lot of work. Two, most of the animations that people are like, oh, check this out, Starway. No, I don't need that. I just no. need it to like appear when I hit the space bar. Right, and that's all. And that's basically all I use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's got to be some bad ones. I mean, there's also, I've had, I've seen one where it's basically it's just all image. You know, there's no, there's no text. It's just all pictures. Sometimes that's really what you want. I can say for an art appreciation class. Art appreciation, sure. If there's something that you, we need to look at this image. But you really got to be relying on discussion at that point. Right. Or I have seen some stuff where people have projected images and said, you know, like, let's free write about this. I mean, that's not the kind of writer or writing teacher that I am. But it could be a good creative writing sort of brainstorming type situation. I was just thinking about some of our historical photos. Right. Those, yeah. I think yeah. one of the things I wrote was the, the best slides were just there to like let us see them. We were just looking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I like and to kind of be like, oh look at that. You know what I mean? And we there was a little bit of discussion, but it was really light. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be like, examine this image. <laughs> I don't know. So one of my colleagues, he happens to be retiring soon, but I don't think he knew that he was retiring so soon whenever he came in this last fall and proclaimed that he had learned PowerPoint over the summer. And so, like, there are some people who realize, oh, I should be doing this. I finally taught myself PowerPoint. And I was like, are people people still using PowerPoint? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everyone's on on G Suite, as is referred to these days. But so, like, you know, there are people who are still learning this and um, those kinds of things. And I don't know. I don't feel, and this is, all right, students, if you're listening, I put a lot of effort and time into doing slides. And granted, I just said that they are for me, too. But students are never appreciative of those things. Rather, they feel like it's a given. And they'll complain when they don't have them, but they don't say thank you when they're there. And like the fact that you can read all my text and, you know, that I used colors that won't blind you and, (laughs) you know, things like this, like everything is coordinated. I get no comments about that ever. And I'm like, that took a lot of hours. So you guys just need to recognize (laughs) that stuff happens. It's worth, I mean, it would certainly, it would not hurt because I, to, to compliment or, or yeah, I need thank. a thank you card. Just kidding. I don't yeah. need a thank you card. But, but when, when you notice that, because I'm sure as students, 
know, can tell, you know, intuitively bad slide design. <laughs> Which usually come with the slides from the book. Yeah. Right. They have a oh they God. have a background with a picture on it. Oh, they're so hideous. So again, you can't read the text because it's hidden by this background, which is so busy, you know, or it's just this outline of stuff. That yeah, and they put like eighteen point font, like two words on a big slide. I'm like, you could bump that up to thirty six. <laughs> It's it's just it's hard. it can be hard to read. It can it seems uninformative. Yeah. Like if I'm reading these slides, why am I reading the book? Or if I read the book, why do I need this slide? Yeah. You know, I'm trying. You know, I try to find a balance between that. I need to remind my students of what's in the in the book so that I can, you know, digress or go into more depth. You know. But it's. Uh, I don't know. So that's part of it too. Like, yeah, I don't want to field a bunch of email questions and yeah, I'd rather than be able to look at it and all those things, but it is a lot more work. I mean, you saw how many slides. I've put together slides for every day for first year seminar and if you added it up, I bet there were like a thousand. Probably easily. Yeah. Uh, that didn't just create itself. <laughs> no, yeah, and that wasn't those those aren't canned slides. Those are all slides no. that had to be created from scratch, you know, in terms of content. Yeah. Sort of thing. Well, I even changed the format of the template because I didn't like the font. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. So I don't know if we need to necessarily compliment that. Oh, <laughs> I chose a good font. Don't even lie. I just have a font that I like. Yeah. Or I have a few fonts that I like. That's fair. I don't, I like a, I like okay. a serif. Yeah, I like a sans serif personally. See, and I'm not like I don't mind a sans serif for some things. Like I will use it for titles or. I find Times New Roman to be busy. That is not Times New Roman. I do not use Times New Roman. It's a serif font, though. It is, but I like little feetsies. <laughs> anyway, we digress. If we had a slideshow, we might have been on topic. So we like we do. I mean, some of us anyway. I can't say that everyone is spending oodles of time thinking about their presentation style. I have, I mean, I have, I have a lot of respect for many of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the majority of people really are concerned about how to best get information to their students and if their slides or their lectures are conveying that information. So we do think about these things. One of the things which might be useful, you know, as we're now in the second half of the semester, yeah, thinking about um, <clears throat> evaluations, class evaluations. <laughs> I try to forget those happen. But it stress me out. Constructive feedback. Well, let me say criticism. Constructive feedback is we it seems few and far between. However, if your experience in a class has been the slide, there too much text on the slides, and the professor talked oh, talked, and so I couldn't easily, you know, re- get the information from the slide and get the information from the professor, you know, um, or even to say something along the lines of... Good font. Yeah, the good font, <laughs> or easy to read, or, you know, well, always had slides for every, yeah. uh, every class. Well, there's always that question about being prepared. Right. Were they prepared for class? If I come in with slides for every class period, I was prepared. <laughs> Correct. Not that you don't have to, you know. Right. Well, we have, we have colleagues who have notes and write, you know, fill chalkboards every class. And they certainly came prepared. Yeah. But if, you know, in terms of 
feedback for faculty that is useful. I hate them, they suck is not useful. No. They, they have horrible slides. Not actually useful. No, because I don't know what about those slides are horrible. Did you hate the color, or <laughs> did you hate the content, or did you hate all the format? Yeah. Um, so you could be. A, I don't like the don't like the content, meaning I don't like the information on the slides. Okay, that one I don't really care about. As much. I mean, it's hard, hard. Can't change that. <laughs> like a, okay, I'll just not teach writing next time. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's kind of baked in. If like if you like too much text or. She went through the slides too fast. That's helpful. That's helped. I mean, I've gotten that feedback as well. It's been like, okay, I need to slow down. I need to, you know, give my students time to absorb. Uh, talks over the slides, you know, or has too many pictures, not enough words, or too many words, words not, not enough picture. pictures. You know, whatever it happens happens to be, if you spend some time during the semester thinking about your slide experience. I'm just thinking about all of the class materials too because all of these things work in conjunction with each other like if I could I don't have just slides you know I have handouts I have links to other outside resources we have readings we have class discussions all of those things are meant to complement each other and so just to think about the big picture but how some of that really does play a bigger role like I use slides every day we don't we don't have a reading every day, not necessarily. And so, yeah. So if, if things are, I mean, you also don't have to wait for student evaluations. You can just send your... You just give me a sticker. Yeah, or send an email if you're like, this isn't working for me. Oh, I don't care about that. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't working for me because of this or that. Yeah. Then that, I mean, that's useful for me to know in the middle of the semester, I can do something about it. Well, maybe, depending on what's not working. Right. You know, if, they're, if you go too fast with the slides, I can slow down on slides. You know, I can spend some time on that. Or yeah. if, if I'm constructing the slides as I go, some classes require that, that you, you can't have it all canned at the beginning of the semester. You, no. know, you have to work with it as you go. And, like, even stuff that I've taught, like, I can't go back and just reuse the slides. Like, I have to, I always have to think about that semester, that class, that context. And so even if I'm like, huh, I think I can use most of this, I always go back and tweak it. Because mm -hmm. like, oh, we haven't talked about that at all. So either I don't want to talk about it or it needs its own three slides or whatever. Right. You know, and so getting that feedback during the semester, you know, a nice polite email is like, I just want to let you know that I'm struggling, you know, and I'm having difficulty with this aspect of the course and this part, this thing for the slide. Yeah. That, so you might want to review the podcast about how to construct an email to your professor or what the one about how to ask for things. Not like, your slides are horrible. That's not the way to do it. Well, right. Like there's, one, lower the attitude. Yeah. And yeah. two, you need to actually identify the piece of what's not working and why it's not working. Yeah. To say and the slides are bad, even respectfully, not helpful. Doesn't I can't I don't know what to change. You need we need to know how to change something. And I think even if I got an email that was like, Dear Dr. Denny, you go way too fast. I'm completely lost in your class. Can you fix that? I'd be like, No. A little too much attitude? Yeah. I'm like, can I? Maybe. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I have to be like, okay, can you tell me more details about that? Do you mean just today? Do you mean in general? Was it a, you know, like I, and I would actually maybe rather they come in and talk to me 
about some of those things because then I can ask those follow-up questions. I mean, yeah, talking to your professor can be stressful and intimidating, but it gives you a chance to to have actual tone of voice. Yeah. Because that doesn't exist. Yeah, because you probably weren't like, can you fix that? You're probably like, can you maybe fix that? I was just curious, you know, yeah. and or whatever. Yeah. Some probably. of this stuff doesn't come across super well in email, or you need to like write three times as much in order to sort of soften it, soften it, and frame it in a way that a tone of voice can just like get you there. But since you don't have that, so one thing that we haven't really talked about but i think is important and i would like students to know that is that just because there are slides doesn't mean that you shouldn't take notes oh yeah, yeah. i mean i have students all the time like like we were kind of like you have access to that why would you take a picture furiously writing down the homework but the flip side yeah i mean they, they write down weird things you know, I mean, I'm like, why aren't you writing down? Like I said, like I, I ad lib 70 per, you know, like at least 30% of um, what's, what you need to know is not written down anywhere. It comes from me. So you, you do need to take notes and then fill in what I'm saying because I'm like, okay, what I mean by this is that and a lot of time I'm like, okay, so you need to talk about what your research is not going to cover. And then I will model while my research covers X, Y, and Z, it does not attempt to answer this, this, or that. And so like they wouldn't get that if they just read the slides or, you know, didn't come to class. And so like, you still need to write your stuff down. Right. Yeah. And I think that comes back to the, like the balance that we are trying to strike in terms of I want to provide support and structure uh, foundation for the students so they're not like totally adrift but I also don't want to just like stuff has to come from me as well yeah I mean I mean I guess you could probably find a, a place a school a way a program that you would just read and like do modules and not have to interact with humans that would be sad it can happen though. I mean, I'm sure they exist. Yeah. But. So, but I don't know. I like being on stage. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, it, it has to be the case. Yeah. I think. You have to enjoy like, it. You at should least not a be in this job if you do not like standing up in front of people and explaining, explaining things. <laughs> That's, that well, is basically this job. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's so, so, satisfying to be able to explain concepts to people. It is. Yeah. It is. It's rewarding when they get it. You're like, yeah. job done. Right. I mean, it's it's frustrating. Uh, it is not fu- my job is not fulfilling when, I, when I'm explaining things to people and they're not getting it. Oh, yeah. No, I hate I, my I, job. I hate my job. <laughs> In like, that situation, I hate my job. And then I'm job. like, what am I doing with my <laughs> life? <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is, I am failing. I am failing at life here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it? my identity is so caught up in being a teacher that I it, it's a really rough day when teaching doesn't go well. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like a Ben and Jerry's day. <laughs> <laughs> you and your two pals. Yeah, Ben and, and Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> okay. Okay, listeners. So hopefully <laughs> you have people who are... <laughs> Trying to be as thoughtful as we are trying to be in terms of slides. But do remember, it is kind of this double-edged sword, and everyone's doing their best, and it's not necessarily always working all the time the best that it could. So do take notes. Do take notes. Give constructive, polite feedback. Yes. Maybe do that in person. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it, it works best if you do it in person. And also, I think they should embrace some silence as well. Yeah. 
like they always have at least one student who you can tell gets real fidgety and like and they want to just say something and I'm like you just need to chill and let the other people marinate for a second it's okay yeah it's okay Every, I mean we're all trying to get well I'm trying to get my students all to a as many of them as I can you know across the the finish line and that doesn't that means it's not really a race it's a team building exercise so I can't go as fast as my fastest student. Oh no, okay. I just was, I was trying to figure out how this team building exercise was really working, but I, my, my metaphors are getting all weird. So. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay. All right, well, that's probably enough digression. Uh, no, we didn't have slides for this episode. <laughs> we never have slides. Well, if you would like to get a topic to me for us to discuss, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm uh, at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or send me an email, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. Have you thought about asking people who are listening to us to say hello? Oh. Because like, we know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah evidently do have listeners. I don't know. But I've never heard from, from Yeah, a so I don't know. It would be kind of cool if someone who's listening would, um, I don't know, send Peter a hello or... True. I will not spam you. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to, like, send a bunch of weird emails or, like, direct creepy tweets at you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking, like, it would be nice to hear from someone. Yeah. I mean, speaking of feedback. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe not on this episode. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll hear from you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.